0: Because I'm the founder of the company. RealestateAgentsITrust.com.
1: I consider myself the presumptive nominee. Absolutely. Amazing. That's Donald Trump last night saying, I consider myself the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. He's not alone. Very toss. Welcome back. It's a new world. My broadcast partners, my, my dear friends, we are the Blaze Radio Network. I am Jay Severin. Some things remain steady. Our number remains 1-888-900-3393. one 900 3393 The Twitter connection remains stable and receptive. At J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. But everything else has changed. You know that yesterday in, I think right at the end of the show for the final time, but several times yesterday, I made, I offered the disclaimer that Cruz, sorry, Trump is expected to do well. In fact, in fact, it is anticipated, and I anticipate, uh, uh, and again, I there's no prediction. Air, you know, this was uh, me and everybody else in the world that follows politics. said entirely possible he could win all five states. I mean, Hillary Clinton didn't win all five states yesterday. <laughs> Did you know that? You know, BS beat her in a state yesterday? Beat her good, too. But... I'm just saying it's never an assumption that you're going to win five out of five states, especially if it's between Donald Trump and Ted Cruz. But we talked about this a lot yesterday and i and I you know kept bringing up he's expected to do well, but the one thing you don't want to hand fate or your opponent, which includes the media, when you're us you don't want to hand them the verb. And I said this verbatim, you don't want to hand them the verb sweep. You don't want them to be able to write headlines with the verb sweep or worse, crush or anything like that in it. Or inevitable or while I'm speaking of which. Oh, and there was one other thing we said. We said, you know, unless unless, of course, some big surprise occurs. Some really big unexpected surprise. Well, since I'm awfully quick to say when I'm right, uh, let me bend over backwards to turn this into an occasion when I'm wrong. Though I, I wasn't wrong. I just, I'm going to make this up to keep things balanced. And that is, I said unexpected surprises. All right, I suppose you could argue that I should have seen the unexpected surprise. I didn't. And the unexpected surprise was that Trump absolutely crushed Ted Cruz. He won everything you can win. It's the biggest single primary day win of an American presidential candidate in the history of American presidential primaries, I believe. Certainly, I believe, in our lifetimes. It may maybe the biggest ever. He crushed him. He annihilated him. He he beat and burned him and left him for dead. I, I just I, I don't want to get go overboard here in terms of how Trump did last night. He absolutely annihilated Ted Cruz. This is coming from a Ted Cruz guy who will remember someday that he was for Ted Cruz. And I'm sure you will remember. Someday, somewhere, don't know where, don't know when, I only know we'll meet some sunny day. And on that sunny day, you'll remember I was for Ted Cruz, who will not be remembered as President Ted Cruz because I now do not believe Ted Cruz is going to be president. Do I believe it's possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. Do I believe it's feasible? Absolutely. Do I believe it's going to happen? Absolutely not. All right, this is a little bit out of order, but I must give you this. It is the big technically the biggest breaking news of the day. Technically. Just by a hair. It it, it, it noses out. Sorry for that chuck's position. It noses out the fact that Trump crushed the life out of Cruz last night in the five Northeastern primaries. And it is this news. Ted Cruz is reportedly going to name his VP. Odd timing, no? Ted Cruz is going to name his fantasy VP. And I say fantasy VP because unless you're going to be president... It's only a fantasy. And tonight, the fantasy VP will be named, according to Fox News and other sources, uh, in uh, 48 minutes. 48 minutes from right now. And according to those sources, he will name Guru Jay. Say. Do you remember three weeks ago? We talked about who will they turn to or who would someone be wisest to turn to as a vice presidential pick at this point, if we had, if you had to do it, and we were you know, in, or, or who would the RNC turn to if they were going to pick someone third party? But who's who's that diamond in the rough out there of the people who have run, and are no longer running? Who's the person? And, and you look, you either recall or you don't. If you weren't with me, the truthful answer is. We had that conversation, as many, many tens of thousands of you know, and you also know, and will recall, that Guru Jay Say, Carly Fiorina. Uh, and the reports are that uh, Cruz will name Carly in 47 minutes as his vice presidential pick, uh, his fantasy vice presidential pick. I mean, this is what you call a dubious distinction. Hello, mother, father. I've been picked as a vice president, as a candidate for vice president of the United States. But it's kind of good news, bad news, Uh, folks. Well, honey, what could possibly be the bad news? I've been picked by a virtual dead man. Okay. So that's the breaking news. We have to check into whether we can carry it. You will know instantly what it is, when it is. Whether we can carry it live, we're working on it, we'll let you know. But you'll know right away in any case whether or not uh, I can play it for you as it occurs. Uh, uh, But you'll certainly know as it occurs. Unless somebody does something radical... And what would that be this year? What's left? I I, you know. Unless somebody does something radical, and by that, unless somebody like the Republican National Committee does something that good conservatives, and I don't mean big C conservatives, I just mean Patriots. I mean if you're even if you're a Democrat, do you really want the Republican National Committee? Do you want any of the national political parties to come in and try to rejigger this, you know, in their own best interest to take, take the vote votes away from people who have voted. I've never thought that a good idea. And I don't think you do, but I won't speak for you. I hope you will speak for you at one triple eight, 900, three, three, nine, three. But unless somebody RNC does something radical, changes the fundamental convention rules. Donald Trump is going to be the nominee of the Republican Party. And right now, I'm not prepared to change my many years old sage prediction that Hillary Clinton is going to be the next president of the United States. However, I would say the certitude of that prediction has dropped cumulatively and certainly overnight by half.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Real Estate Agents, I Trust, dot com.
2: Jay Severin.
0: On the Blaze Radio Network.
1: With you, my partners, on the Blaze Radio Network. I realize that a lot of what I've already said, uh, 15, 16 minutes into the show, which, by the way, I'm about to match with even more uh, maybe outrageous things, depending on who's doing the judging. I've undergone a sea change in 24 hours. Uh, Not of my sentiments or my loyalties. Those things rarely change, and, and especially loyalties. And what you're not going to hear me say today or ever is that I don't support Ted Cruz. So I, I don't have a major announcement to make in the opening hour of the show today, nor in the closing hour of the show today. Not, not in, in with that respect. I no, I don't change. I'm for Ted Cruz. Thus has it ever been, and thus will it be until a point that Ted Cruz is not the nominee. I did not recognize how tenuous that existence, the existence of that prospect is and i th- th- and i've made my living this way for all my life and i i didn't realize yesterday that how good were the prospects of a trump bone crunching sweep i knew we talked about we predicted here exactly what the headlines would be depending on a variety of circumstances And we said the worst thing would be if Trump wins in all states, it'll say Trump sweeps. There will be a narrative of inevitability that will start to creep in. It may not use the word inevitable, but the narrative will, the meme, will start to take on the trappings of, hey, uh, it's over. This is it. Now, you know, the media, they, they live for this stuff, and the mainstream media will always exaggerate. They have fresh bread they have to put in the window every few hours. They're a bakery. They have to have baked goods in the window. And so that's what they'll do. We knew that. We talked about it. So it's not like I'm greatly surprised or I'm not shocked, but I am surprised. Not at the reaction. I'm surprised. Not that Trump did very well yesterday. I'm not even surprised that he trounced Ted Cruz, my candidate. What surprises me is that evidently Trump won every county in every state. I don't know if that's ever been done before. And I can tell you that having directed these campaigns all my life adult life you know we can argue about what whether that means only in the last couple of months or whatever but I mean I, every county in every state, do you know that that Trump didn't just win? he he crushed Ted in in every state. I think 54% was the low. I'm, I'm nearly certain of this. I think 54% was his lowest margin of victory. He got up. He was in the, the average margin of victory. The average total of victory for Trump was up in the high 50s. I don't know what the average is, but I bet the average is 57, 58. He didn't win. He slaughtered. And maybe by using or coming from that perspective, I'm creating the wrong impression here. It's true. It's all true. I I believe it's absolutely true and not a whit of it, exaggeration. But maybe it ought to be viewed through this lens. Voters abandoned Ted. Voters didn't come out. Trump voters came out. Ted voters did not. Ted voters did not. They abandoned him. This is why we've been fighting the media all our lives, many of us, as well as the uh, Kwamis who inhabit positions of office for the Democrat Party and recently another party too, more or less. They're known as rhinos. I mean, this is why it's so important. Coverage begets result, begets coverage. You give me two weeks of Donald Trump trounces Ted Cruz in New York, even though we all expected it. No, we all knew it. We all knew it was going to happen. But as we said, as we predicted, a week before it happened, we talked about this, we talked about today today, Two and a half weeks ago. We said, you know, get ready for a few weeks of misery here because Ted's going to lose in. And I forgive me, those of you who are for Donald Trump or anybody else. I, I know it sounds here like it's Cruz headquarters. I don't mean it to. I'm just being, you know, open with you. I, you know, I've always been open about my support of Ted Cruz and of my grave misapprehensions about the Vulgarian. And, I, and and I and now I see it coming true. Two and a half weeks ago, we sat here and said, "Get ready for some misery because the the press is going to start reporting, drilling, drilling, drilling into people's heads for the next ten days. Trump's going to win New York, Trump's going to win New York, Trump's going to win New York. Trump won New York. And we said, as soon as that happens, then the press is going to take the next week. To drill it into you that Trump's going to win Mid-Atlantic, Trump's going to win the Northeast, Trump's going to win the Northeast, Trump won the Northeast, and now that drilling starts. And they drill and they drill and they drill, and the cumulative effect of which is what? Is the turnout yesterday. The turnout yesterday was that Donald Trump voters turned out and Ted Cruz voters took a vacation and Ted Cruz got smeared, he got creamed, he got trounced, he got beaten like a rented mule. And there's no trying to pretend around that. So today, and I have a, t- a tweet here for which I'm grateful, and the tweet says, uh, you yeah, know something, I'm sorry, I'm answering it, so I don't have the, 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 the uh, tweet up on the board right now. I have my response, which I'm about to send up here, and 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 it says, wow, Jay just called Ted Cruz's presidential campaign a fantasy. And it was taking me to task. I think that was the spirit of it. And I want you to know, I take that to heart. I don't like writing it. I don't like saying it. But, veritas, I t- tell you the truth as it is or as I believe it to be. And... There aren't a lot of people hanging around on the radio that have spent 25 years running campaigns all over the world. I just happen to have, you know, I, I should have done something with my life. But I picked that, uh, you know, until now. And it goes to show you I'm not a very good picker, am I, when it turns into a habit. But, you know, fantasy? No, not entirely. I was being somewhat facetious when I say Uh, When Ted picks Carly Fiorina in half an hour uh, to be his vice presidential running mate, it's kind of a fantasy. Okay, fantasy may be a little strong. A very little.
2: Jay
0: Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network.
1: Show. I consider myself the presumptive nominee, absolutely. I mean, I feel that is, where did that come from? That was Donald Trump announcing last night, and it was the smart thing to do. It was bodacious. It was brash. There are a lot of people that wouldn't have done it. It is indicative in many ways, of the reasons that he is a vulgarian. he is no gentleman. And yeah, I kind of kind of grew up hoping that my president could be a gentleman or a gentlewoman. Somewhat refined, I, better than me in every way, smarter than me. I kind of wanted that. Call me old-fashioned. But that's at the sort of lower reaches of vulgarianism there, meaning not as vulgar as so many of the things Donald Trump does and is. And I want to be careful now because according to my theory, I am speaking about the next losing Republican candidate for the office of president of the United States. That's, that's Ted. uh, Sorry. That's Trump announcing last night that I am the presumptive Republican nominee. And the problem is he holds what appears to be the majority view, not just in the media, but with voters and with the party and with Everybody else. Can Ted still win? Absolutely. Is it likely? Absolutely not. Here's the bottom line before I continue. By the way, breaking story, Ted Cruz. Yes, Ted Cruz. The guy that probably lost more definitively a set of primary elections yesterday, five of them. He lost by at least, I don't know how many votes. He got crushed everywhere he ran. He lost every county in every state in which he ran. And other than that, you know, how, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Other than that, here he is today announcing who my vice president will be. Successful candidates generally do not go on record in you know, April talking about they don't pre-convention by two months, go on the air and talk about my vice presidential pick on my ticket, especially if they just got beaten like a Tom Tom. I so, that's why I refer to it as a fantasy. I don't take the. I don't take it back. I'm just, I just. I am not even really trying to mitigate it. I. I just want. I want very much that, my, as always, and I know that's up to me that my words are understood. That's up to me. That's my responsibility, and I say again, this is you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you get one of the tabloids that says, uh, "Cruz makes fantasy VP pick." The word's going to be used, Uh, not because it's technically correct, but because people will nod their heads because it will resonate. And that's the problem. The problem is the narrative has become, virtually overnight, Trump appears inevitable as Republican nominee. But I promised you the bottom line, and here it is. Trump now needs, I mean we knew he'd win yesterday, and I said his magic number. I think I named his magic number at you know, uh, being in the uh, you know, like May around a 100 or something or I mean, He won everything. He won everybody. Do you know how many delegates that, that, that Ted Cruz won yesterday? Zero. John Kasich won delegates yesterday. Ted Cruz won none. Here's the bottom line Donald Trump needs 287, 287, 287. He needs 287 delegates to capture the nomination. On the first ballot, before the first ballot, uh, asterisk, unless, I said earlier, unless somebody does something radical, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee of the party. That someone is the RNC, and the something radical is changing the rules of the road, doing it quickly, and doing doing it, as F4 said, radically because the way this is shaping up, they're going to have to change the rules about what you need on the first ballot in order to win the nomination or whether you are just arrive in Cleveland with the nomination sewn up. We originated here on the blaze radio network. And if I may be so bold here on this show, Project 1236, about I don't know how many months ago. But you know and I know we talked about it before anybody else in the national media. And and, and it came to me like a blinding light and, and also some sources. Uh, but the bottom line is Trump needs 287 delegates unless the party completely... Steals this thing from the voters and changes it around completely. And he needs 287. And there are 10 primaries left. Indiana is. Sure, it's the Alamo. If he's lucky for Ted Cruz, Indiana is the Alamo going to be more like some other battles I can name of World War II we don't want to remember because yesterday was like Pearl Harbor. It was pretty darned one-sided, though it wasn't completely a sneak attack. What happens if Ted Cruz succeeds in Indiana in six days? It would help. It would help greatly. It is uh now it's not a so much a tactical a smart tactical move and it would slow Trump down. This is it. This is it. The Chinese army is on the beach at Cape Cod. They're moving inland. I mean Donald Trump, and I'm not calling him the Chinese Army. What I mean is for metaphorical purposes here, is there's there's no more reserves. There's no more plan B. This is it. Break glass. Pull handle. Fire. Uh. Fire. The roof is on fire. Don't let the mm -mm -mm boing. It's it's time. And breaking the glass and pulling the red handle for Ted Cruz is apparently, because I don't know, apparently... It is 17 minutes from now, calling Carly Fiorina up on the stage and saying, Woohoo, here we go. Here's my vice president. By the way, I think she's a very good choice. I said so three weeks ago, but that was three weeks ago. Ted Cruz is so smart and so much smarter than the other guys in the field. But it's become a series of too littles, too lates. Like this half-assed uh, allied ship with Kasich. How do you know you're a little bit desperate if you have to strike up an alliance with John Kasich, the one-state, one-boy wonder? If you're relying on John Kasich, To get you through Indiana? And it's Indiana. This should not be a death, steel cage, death match for Cruz. Indiana? And by the way, P.S., he's losing right now. He needs to win. And win good. He's losing. I, I just, I just, I, look. I've been through, I've been through this many times. I know what it's like to lose. Fortunately, I know the thrill of victory much more. I'm much better acquainted with the thrill of victory than I am with the agony of defeat, both of defeat. And this is advanced athletic foot. This is looking like terminal athletic foot for as far as defeat go. I mean, it's just it's not good. It's not good, and I haven't yet, we haven't yet discussed what happened in addition to last night that may be almost as important as what happened yesterday with the votes, and the only reason that Ted Cruz dodged that bullet was because of an exceedingly stupid tactical decision by the amateurish Trump campaign.
2: Jay Severin, The Blaze Radio Network. This is The Jay Severin
1: Show. You are my partners, the best and brightest, with some rare notable exceptions here on the Blaze Radio Network. Here's one. Uh, Kit writes a a tweet which truly disappoints me. It does. Uh, It disappoints me. It does not anger me if I thought for a moment that it carried a molecule of, of truth or true thoughtfulness i would it would i would it would it would either hurt me or anger me or both i take what you guys think very seriously and i read everything that you write and i don't not only hear but listen to everything you say and and kit says and perhaps kit meant this facetiously but there's no indication of such It reads thusly, quote, with friends like Jay Severin, Ted Cruz doesn't need enemies, end quote. The reason, Kit, that your message disappoints me is that it lowers only infinitesimally because you have to figure Kit's thoughtless message has to be averaged in. With the you know, millions of thoughtful ones, you know, I've received, and I'm not—I'm I'm hoping not to sound vindictive here—but Kit, what I'm doing is—is is, is analysis here, and Ted Cruz has had far more important supporters, but none more loyal than I. But if you regard blind loyalty as loyalty, if you regard the fact that I look at yesterday's election results, I look at the way the media has treated it, I know the way the polls are going to be affected by it, which in turn is going to affect future turnout for Ted Cruz and support and money and everything else. If you know these things and you think I'm not Ted's friend because I'm analyzing truthfully or at least with truthful intention what I see happening here then I'm, you know, as I say, I'm disappointed. But one um one truly ignorant tweet out of millions doesn't really lower our IQ level perceptibly so uh, we'll be okay but it's uh i certainly expect more uh i i hope you expect much from me i expect as much from you and kit you uh you must be a new listener or maybe there's some other explanation maybe you got access to your mommy and daddy's computer And it's time for you to go back to your uh, kindergarten homework. Uh, Ted Cruz has a friend here in me and in you, mostly, I believe. Uh, But these things are bad, what's happened. Now, a time-saving headline analysis is, you know, the RNC is said to be deliberating a third-party candidate to run as a Republican, but not with a Republican label that wouldn't be possible, but they're actually plotting from within to overthrow themselves. This comes from a highly placed source. Now, what could this mean? Another quick headline is maybe there won't be a contested convention after all. How about that? Because the big surprise happened. Trump did sweep, but remember this, most of all in five minutes Ted Cruz is supposed to pick his vice presidential running mate. You tell me what you'd call that, if not fantasy. Plus, what we haven't discussed and will next is the speech Trump gave today, which was great.
2: Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Is Donald Trump the presumptive Republican nominee? In my view, oh, 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 that hurts! That hurts to say that is Donald Trump, the presumptive Republican nominee, having the temerity to declare himself what almost all of the media. And much of America now believes him to be the presumptive Republican nominee. Who thought that wouldn't be the top breaking news right now? Now. Well, now happens very quickly in election years. And now the breaking news is Ted Cruz with his fantasy vice presidential pick, editorial mine, right now will cover. We'll analyze. We're the Blaze Radio Network. After all, Excelsior. Welcome back, my dear friends, my broadcast partners, and you are. Uh, I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. 900 3393 I know we have or had partners on hold. I'm sorry. This is one of those circumstances under which I just have to get some things in before we go to our telephone lines, and uh, they are, after all, the partners' telephone lines. One does answer calls from one's partners if one expects to hold on to the job. So I, I, uh, I may not, but I still plan to take uh, calls from partners. So if you're there, please stay. Uh, if you've waited, you, you you won the lottery of a small sort, you should call now, One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. 900 3393 Now, Ted Cruz is about to take the stage in Indiana Place, Indiana. I can say that under the general rule that if you have a connection to uh, any group or location, you're allowed to mock it kindly if you wish. You're not allowed to mock anybody or anything else, but since uh, in my lifetime, my living kin have come mostly from Indiana, uh, the family farm uh, in Duggar, Indiana, which was actually shown in the film Hoosiers as one of the team One of the teams that, you know, the starring team beat. And my mother was so proud of that. Oh, she was so proud of that. Never has a beaten team been so proud to be included in cinematic history that way. Anyway, we're about to see what the breaking news is right now. And it is supposed to be that Ted Cruz is going to name his vice presidential candidate running mate. And that that's going to be Carly Fiorina, whom we named about three weeks ago as the most likely non-active player to be activated onto the roster for the Republicans for a variety of reasons. I say now what I say then. She was a not a flawless, not a better, not the best, but she was a good, a very good candidate in retrospect She may be a better candidate than a lot of us thought at the time. Then again, don't be fooled by that dynamic in politics that once someone's gone for a while, you think that they're a much better candidate than they actually are. Because I think we could call that the Romney effect. I mean, I I love Mitt Romney, and I've known him for 25 years, and I'd love him to death. But right now, a lot of Republicans think, oh, yeah, yeah, Mitt Romney, he'd be great. Would he? Would would would, would I be uh, regarded as irksome or too argumentative were I to ask you if you think that would be a great idea for some evidence that that would be a great idea? In any case... We are told Ted's about to pick Carly. I don't know what Carly's thinking. I don't know what Ted is thinking. I guess they are both hopeful people who must now be hoping like heck itself that circumstances change. Because the combined events of the last 24 hours... Have rendered Donald Trump the inarguable front runner, the inarguable favorite for the nomination. He needs 285. Tell me, tell me again, Skipper. All right, thank you. Trump needs 287 delegates to win the nomination outright before the convention, before any ballots. Unless, of course, the RNC goes rogue. I mean, rogue like a bogue, like you've never known. And they say, well, after 150 years, having been given some time to consider it, we think a majority of delegates is too old-fashioned for our party. We want to move forward. We want to make it two-thirds. So unless they do something like that and take from voters their votes, and they want to reduce to mockery the primary process, at least on the Republican Party's side, unless they do that, Trump right now needs 287 delegates to win it all, period. And 287. There are 10 primaries to go including California, where I don't know anybody who knows this business who thinks that Trump ain't going to win California. All right, so I don't don't know what's going to happen. And I wish I could tell you that I think otherwise. I'm just going to say I haven't made a prediction about California because I don't yet want to. (laughs) But I don't know anybody in the business that thinks that Ted Cruz is going to, you know, really shut the door on Trump in California. But in six days, Indiana is going to tell this tale on both sides. It's either going to enable Donald Trump to get 1237 and almost, almost guarantee that he gets it. Or it's going to leave with a a fairly perceptible heartbeat. That's the best I can put it right now. Sorry. A fairly perceptible heartbeat in the body politic known as Senator Ted Cruz. It's going to be the Alamo, ideally with a different ending, depending on who you're for. Um, and remember where you heard this first, I understand from sources in Washington, a source in Washington that the Trump campaign is leaning toward trying to massacre Ted Cruz in Indiana to put an end to him right then and there, because they believe now and they're not wrong about this. Try try to forget the personalities involved and think about this only strategically, only only tactically. It's actually a very it's a it's a smart thought. Again, forgetting the the faces involved and the names. The Trump campaign is leaning toward, I am told, trying to tear Ted Cruz limb from limb in Indiana in six days, like they did in the Northeast last night, because they now regard that they now regard the longer this primary goes on as weakening them in their fight against Hillary, which is exactly in my view, how any campaign ought to be thinking. Were I advising someone in Trump's position, I would say to them, "Don't save your money." you know, most times, save your money for a rainy day, not this time. don't Don't save any money. All right, can we do it though, given the clock? Yes, let's go. Ted Cruz, live in Indiana Place. On the Blaze Radio Network. I'm sorry? You cut out. Okay. All right, folks. If I'm back up, I'm here to tell you we lost our feed. I assume we're trying to get it back, and I'll be notified if we do. Uh, the crowd is chanting resuscitation, resuscitation, resuscitation. No, they're really not. They're really not. Uh, but they ought to be. Okay, Ted Cruz live. Party take two.
2: Choice today. Indiana and America. I believe want to unite behind a positive, optimistic, forward-looking, conservative campaign based on real policy solutions to the problems facing this country. And the American people deserve a real choice in November. A choice and not an echo. A meaningful distinction if we come to November and the American people are given a choice between two big government liberals. Two. Washington insiders enmeshed in the corruption of Washington, then we as a Republican Party will have failed the American people. And I will tell you, when you run for president, one of the most solemn choices you make is the choice of selecting a vice presidential candidate. This is a choice that you are telling the American people, this is an individual who I trust. And even more importantly, this is an individual you can trust to lead this country no matter what might happen. Any responsible candidate for president would have spent... Much time assessing possible candidates, thinking through the pros and cons, studying who these people are, praying about it, and examining the potential candidates. And, you know, the characteristics that you look for in a vice president are indeed the very same characteristics you look for in a president. First of all, knowledge. Do they know enough to do the job? Do they know where jobs come from? Do they understand why jobs are leaving America? Do they understand why manufacturing jobs are being driven overseas? Do they understand what is happening in the economy? And government's. Do they understand the Constitution and Bill of Rights? Are these words on a paper, or are these promises that protect our fundamental liberty? And security, do they understand the threats facing us in the world, the threats that potentially endanger your children and mine? That's the first criterion you look to is knowledge. Does this person have the experience and knowledge to do the job? Secondly, you look to judgment. Do they have the judgment and wisdom to bear the mantle of a job whose responsibilities have grayed the hair of every person ever to hold that office? Do they think through decisions... In a rash and impulsive way, do they pop off the handle at whatever strikes them in any given moment? Or do they think through careful, measured? Do they assemble a team around them who are smarter than they are?
1: All right, folks, we've been hopeful that uh, Ted Cruz would reach the punchline here before we took a mandatory break. But uh, that prayer, like my prayer for a different result yesterday, has gone unanswered. Stick with us. We'll continue. You'll have it on The Blaze.
2: The Jay Severin Show, only on The Blaze Radio Network.
1: Friend. Via the miracles of modern science, the Ted Cruz speech continues, but we shall be able to bring you the punchline uh, you're after. The miracles said include my ability to confirm for you right now that indeed Ted Cruz has chosen Carly Fiorina as his... <clears throat> running mate uh, as uh, vice president. And we will have that line and some remarks by Ted uh, in uh, respect of that choice as soon as we come back from our break. We just, I'm sorry, you know, we had to break this up a little bit, but we've got it for you. And you know now that it's uh, done. Uh, hearing what Ted said, it'll take another, you know, two, three minutes. We'll have it for you. But Ted Cruz has picked Carly Fiorina as his running mate. Now, uh, remember where you heard this first, again. This is where we were a moment ago, just, just to drive off the, to the shoulder of the road for a moment. The Trump forces uh, appear to be marshalling around the tactic of pouring everything all of their artillery focusing all of their fire and their troops on Indiana next week in order to crush Cruz there, exactly because Cruz has built it up as his Waterloo, as his Alamo, uh, only he hopes with the you know different uh, ramifications, and exactly because the media has taken that hook line and sinker. And so have informed voters. Just about everybody who follows this stuff now knows that Indiana in six days is make it or break it, win or go home, etc., etc. for Ted Cruz. Because everyone knows that, because everyone who casts a vote will know it within the next six days if they don't know it now, because the media is going to hammer it starting tonight especially and every day for the next six days uh, and every human being in America is going to know it there will be so much anticipation built up around Indiana it will turn out ironically or otherwise to be the superest of super Tuesdays it will mean everything to everybody who cares about this stuff and exactly because that's true Trump is thinking of trying to pour everything into Indiana and crush Ted Cruz right there. And the other reason, which is about 49 or maybe more percent of that reason, is that he wants to be able to start the general election in six days. I don't want Trump to be the nominee. So smart.
2: Seven on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Jay Severin Severin. on
2: the Blaze Radio Network. That if I am nominated to be president of the United States, that I will run on a ticket with my vice presidential nominee, Carly Fiorina.
1: What do you think? What do you think? Best and brightest. What do you think? I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. Our number remains one triple eight nine hundred three 900 nine hundred three three nine three. What do you think? Calls will be taken immediately. With apologies to those of you who waited and I could not take immediately, we had to, we had to spar around this. What do you think? And what do I mean by what do you think? I mean, what do you think about the choice of Carly Fiorina? And if you like, you can answer that derivative of the fantasy that Ted Cruz is ahead in this race. In other words, divorce us from the political reality that Ted Cruz is losing and talk just about in a vacuum, all things being equal, if if they were tied, if Trump and Cruz were tied and no one knew what was going to happen, what do you think of Carly Fiorina as a choice? What do you think of her as a political choice? What do you think about her as a prospective vice president? What do you think about her as a prospective president, may the gods forbid, if anything happens to a president of the United States? What do you think... Meaning, what do you think of Carly? The second possible dimension of your opinion, it seems to me, would derive, and I think more importantly, from the political end. Which is, what do you think of naming Carly under these circumstances? What do you think of naming anyone under these circumstances? Is it an act of desperation, or is it smart because it steps at least a little on Trump's coverage tonight? And it does. It does. There can only be one A-block in a broadcast. And the A-block must now include tonight, when they say, tonight on O'Reilly, you know tonight on Megan Kelly tonight on Sean Hannity tonight on Wolf Blitzt tonight on whomever and they they roll for you here are our big here's our big story or big stories there's only one a block there's only one highlight reel this now must be on the highlight reel and it's a zero sum game and it means it takes time away Seconds, precious seconds away, that would otherwise be devoted to Donald Trump uh, Donald Trump's sweeping victories yesterday, and also to the elephant in the room we have yet to discuss, but we're about to. because something at least as important as yesterday's election results. Although I don't think this could have happened without those results. Something very important happened today. And one of the reasons, there are multiple reasons why it's important. One of the reasons is because almost nobody knows about it. I don't know how the Trump people fix that or if they can. But Ted Cruz dodged a bullet today. I truly believe he dodged a fatal bullet today. I'll say it. I rarely do this, but I'm going to give away the entire package. In the, uh, re- Remind me, Skip, what's A2 again? My feeble memory will not support a recollection of why we set this aside. All right, can we roll that? All right. I'm sorry. I caught Skip. I, he's busier than a hound dog with you know what. And I, I, I caught him by surprise. But all of a sudden, story on top of story, came the story that Donald Trump was going to deliver today a major foreign policy speech. And the first thing we heard was this. Put the interests of the American people and American security above all else. Has to be first. Has to be. That will be the foundation of every single decision that I will make, America. Thank you. Okay, that's it. All right. Uh, at the beginning of that sentence was "I will put," uh, and and that is is a good thing for him to say, politically speaking. Donald Trump gave a self invited so called major foreign policy speech, not before a group that invited him or anything. And that was mistake number one. They could easily, easily have ginned up an excuse from any number of groups. You know, we'll do everything. Would you be willing to accept, you know, the day after Trump does what we know will be very well? And nobody knew who well, uh, nobody knew how well. But the next day after the primary, will you, quote unquote, host Donald Trump to give a major foreign policy? They wouldn't have to finish the sentence. There are a thousand groups that would fall all, all over themselves to welcome and host Trump. But they didn't do that. They staged it as a campaign event in an empty hotel ballroom. The only applause you hear is the applause of paid Trump staffers. And believe me, that's not the last time you're going to hear about that. In fact, what you don't hear about it is going to be maybe the most impressive thing. Do you know how we talked about during the debates? Well, the first round of debates. Remember how we talked about and considered carefully the difference between a debate held in front of a large raucous audience and one held in a studio without an audience and the utterly profound difference between the two, the way the two are viewed. It would be like, you know, pluck out of the lineup, one of the CBS sitcoms and, erase the laugh track, Americans wouldn't know when to laugh or whether to laugh. We have gotten addicted to the sweetened soundtrack. The audio has become such an important part of any video presentation that it's our cue. And an audience gives you that cue, which is why it's grotesquely inappropriate in front of it for a debate, but it's absolutely right for a campaign event. I don't understand this for a moment. On the heels of his greatest electoral 24 hours in his life, Trump decides to give a major foreign policy speech, uh, self-build. He doesn't try to make it look like anyone asked him, which would have been duck soup. He could have done that in a second, but he didn't, and it was a terrible mistake. But a worse mistake was he gave his speech to an empty hotel ballroom, empty other than the media and paid staffers. Now, that fact will be made known to you, believe me. But far more important is not that which can be explained. What's more important is whatever clips the mainstream media plays of the speech that Trump gave today and the decision whether or not to play those clips. The, As a matter of fact, the very impression as to whether this was a major event will be decided largely by Producers in New York who listen to clips of the speech and say, well, did he say anything that got like applause? And the junior producers will say, no, I don't have anything. He gave it to there, there was nobody there except a dozen paid staffers and us. It was a terrible mistake. They didn't think of this. They didn't think of this. It's an it's an enormous opportunity missed, especially with an opportunity to crunch down more on your media momentum because of the vote yesterday. Trump should have done this by invitation, quote unquote. He should have done it in front of a friend, friendly crowd of 25,000 people. <laughs> which he could easily have done, and he ought to have done it by invitation, quote-unquote, in front of an adoring crowd of 25,000 to a prime-time television audience. He gets a prime TV audience for anything he does. If he breaks wind, he gets. if he belches, if he shows up, he gets a prime TV audience. We've seen that already. Remember after every debate, he'd call a press conference, you know, the the minute following the debate or the next night at nine o'clock or whatever. Why, oh, why out of all of that expertise of the media, did Trump give arguably the most important, most tactically placed speech of his life in an empty hotel ballroom with very bad audio? You know, like six people going, woohoo, woohoo. Why? Why? They did not know this? They didn't think of this? Okay, that's the big mistake they made. And the mistake in which that results, bottom line, is that almost nobody saw this. Almost nobody heard this. In the end, almost nobody is going to see or hear this. The reason why that is a bullet that Ted Cruz dodged today is next.
2: Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network.
0: This is the Jay Severin show on the blaze radio
1: network. You are the best and brightest. Here is a fact as I believe it. Trump today gave the speech of his life, a dubious distinction. I know. And it was self-sabotaged because of how, when, where the circumstances under which it was held. I don't know what they can do to recreate it. If I were advising Trump, I would say buy a strip You have to buy a one-hour strip, unheard of, unbelievably expensive, unbelievably expensive. You have to buy a strip of networks or cables and bill that speech as your major major foreign policy presidential, pre-presidential address and play it. I, I... I'm telling you, it was good. It was not brilliant. It was Trump speaking from a teleprompter, as all politicians, including Ted Cruz, Ronald Reagan, and anybody you can name, do. He was speaking from a teleprompter, yes. And he was still Trump. But the content of that Trump speech today and the... I'm sorry, the efficiency with which, the effectiveness with which he delivered it. And I know almost no one saw this, but Trump was very, very good. And though they shot themselves in the foot by depriving their supporters and the people they want to support them of seeing this, I'm telling you, this is a speech that would turn around People's opinions. John Bolton, John Bolton, Ambassador John Bolton, one of my heroes, maybe one of yours, it was on television today. He is neutral in the campaign. He has never been for Donald Trump. He came on after the speech and said, that was a very strong and very impressive speech. I am not neutral in the campaign. I am for Ted Cruz. But by the way, if you are for Donald Trump, you really owe it to yourself and your candidate to see this speech he made today. If you are for Ted Cruz and his running mate, Carly Fiorina, I dare you to watch the speech and still honestly maintain your current opinion of Trump or how poorly you think he's going to do. This was the best performance of Trump's exceptionally short political life. And if you are for Clinton and you think Trump is going to be a total pushover, I dare you to watch this speech. But we will speak more about this Tomorrow, you will learn tonight, I hope, just in fair play, about the contents and the delivery of the speech tomorrow.